0: <clears throat> Hello and welcome to episode 47 of Entertainment of Accents, the podcast where I talk about films, TV, all of it. Hi, I'm Ollie. I'm
1: Tom. And I'm Ben.
0: And today we're talking about the 2021 film, Malcolm and Marie. This will contain spoilers.
2: Yeah, that's This is a really difficult film for me to do a plot synopsis of, would you agree?
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: It's so difficult to explain what's going on. So basically what happens is, uh, Malcolm is a filmmaker, and he's just premiered a film, and he goes home with his girlfriend Marie, and then they shout at each other.
0: Yeah. It's a lot yeah, to get your head up, around. And then they shout and then they <laughs> make up and then they shout and then. It's <laughs> and like and the maybe
1: thing. make up. <laughs> it's like Marriage really? Story, but without the story. <laughs> <laughs> All the that, marriage.
2: Yeah. All the colour.
1: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> to be fair, the film the film did have one thing going for it that was a really nice aesthetic, but um, it didn't yeah, really, really have go for it. it. It didn't really <laughs> have yeah, much in the way of a story.
2: Well, I I quite like the idea of just, you know, this window into two people's lives, like this relationship, and have uh, something play out in real time. I think it probably has a lot of potential, but um, it does kind of fall short in the way that a lot of the points raised about the relationship don't really get a satisfying conclusion, or, you know, yeah. they sometimes make up very quickly, and... A lot of ideas kind of brought
0: up and then brushed over later. Yeah. And I think one of my main problems was kind of everything in this film had a pro and a con. So I feel like the dialogue was... The, it was positive in the sense that it, um it was really, like, powerful and there was some really memorable monologues, kind of. But at the same time, it wasn't really authentic or believable it did seem like this is a script this isn't really how people actually talk and it felt similar with the acting i feel like the performances from zendaya and john david washington were really convincing and they're able to do really well with what they had especially uh well because basically it's kind of a back of back and forth so when one of the characters is speaking you just kind of have silence from the other one but I also felt that they, like John David Washington, especially wasn't really a character. He was just kind of a mouthpiece for the director. And that a lot of his performances, although this isn't really to do with him, it's probably more to do with the script, I felt they were quite hyperbolic and over the top at times, which I, I don't know. I just felt like it wasn't always the most realistic or convincing.
2: Hmm. It's kind of yeah. worrying if Malcolm is like the mouthpiece for the for Sam Levinson because Malcolm is kind of terrible.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: I mean he says such awful things to Marie and like uses things to his advantage and seems to just be really unhinged and will just like scream at everything and you know he picks up so many things just to berate and belittle Marie.
1: Yeah, so like, Sam
2: Levinson isn't like that. <laughs>
1: the thing is that I think both characters are like shown to be imperfect, and I don't think you're really meant to sympathise with one more than the other, but given they're both kind of terrible. Um but yeah, I can't help but feel that like um I've forgotten the character's name, I'm I'll just call him What? What? <laughs> is that a joke?
2: I can't tell if you're joking. I'm not. <laughs> they call Malcolm in the ring. Oh. Sh-
1: shush, characters. I'm quite tired. Your names are in the title. Shush, I never said anything. This is a train wreck of an episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Malcolm, right. So Malcolm's kind of a little bit more terrible, I think, because... Um... They both say things in their arguments that they clearly regret but don't want to admit they regret, but there's yeah. one thing that stuck with me that Malcolm said where he was um shouting at Marie in the bathtub um and he was he he said something about um like she'd go back to like slitting her wrists with a uh, nail scissors and, and like. The fact that he just, like, used, like, self-harm as a tool to just win the argument is, like, such a yeah. terrible thing to do. Yeah.
2: I got that Malcolm was way worse than Marie. <laughs> yeah. And I, the whole time I was like, can you just break up with him and, like, go somewhere? This, at the start, it's kind of like, oh, it feels like it tries to frame it as, oh, marie being a bit stroppy for no reason. but then, as it goes on, you realise that actually she has... A lot of reason to be. Uh, obviously, she's not always in the right, but it feels like she's a lot less abusive than yeah, Malcolm. Yeah. But well, I'd I think say the, the film th- does really well at having the balance of like which character has the um, like upper hand in the argument. I'd say so they both get equal shouting time.
0: Yeah, it sort yeah, of alternates the between the time, two of them. Yeah. yeah, and but there's like massive fluctuations, which I thought was really weird for kind of the the tone and um just the fact that like I didn't watch this film in one go so when I came back to it, you know, a couple of hours later I was I couldn't remember whether they were still arguing or who was kind of uh had their upper hand or whether they'd uh they were supposedly back together or whatever. But um I feel like Malcolm is definitely presented as the most flawed character but it's kind of interesting how marie has that history of drug problems and uh obviously that's one of the big issues within the film because she's well her main problem is that uh he didn't thank her in his speech and you might think well that's a bit unreasonable but to be honest it's not because uh she's also saying that the the film was based on her own experiences, so but he's able to kind of glorify that and make it into something beautiful, whereas she has to suffer with the consequences yeah, uh, so I think obviously they're both presented as having flaws, but I think just the fact that Malcolm is presented as so narcissistic and kind of obstinate uh as you were saying, it's kind of weird that he acts as the mouthpiece of the of Sam Levinson because he's such an unlikable character.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like one thing that you take away from this film is Sam Levin really hated that one review of Assassination Nation. <laughs> yeah, apparently he said that he's surprised people drew parallels to that journalist, even though she is a white lady from the LA Times. <laughs> it's like, can you, is is he that naive or <laughs> is he just lying? I don't know. He. Really rants at it for a, a long time, and I think yeah, while there are like certain good points raised, um, you know about possibly forgiving some people for some things and not others depending on like what their identity is. I get that, but um, I it, they always make it sound like uh cr- critics like should exist. It's like well. They have, like, an obvious role to play in uh, guarding the public of, wh- you know, which films are worth watching and stuff. And also, he had a weird thing of, like, not allowed to have your own interpretation of stuff, which is a bit weird.
1: Oh, well, yeah, I
0: think... You're just biased because back... you're an amateur critic. Oh, no. <laughs> but bringing it back to what I was saying about how a lot of it... A lot of the th- things within this film kind of contradict each other. I felt that the... The criticism on critics and film reviewers uh, was was kind of weird because um, at one point he's kind of saying that this film shouldn't be politicised just because it was written by a black person and it was about these issues but he's saying it's not meant to be that it's meant to be more about the personal experiences and the audience's reaction rather than its political significance uh, which I can kind of get behind, but then this whole thing about being anti elitism and saying that these critics kind of put on this facade of being uh, like radical and kind of woke and understand uh, like he's, there's a bit about uh, a bit about like these extremist kind of socialist beliefs that isn't really the case. Well, it's the actor, in... isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, at the same time, you know, this film feels very pretentious and very... Just the fact that it's in black and white is trying to be, like, artsy, even but... reaching against, which I felt was kind of weird.
1: Yeah, I mean, I... As you said at the start, so every sort of good thing about the film has a opposing bad thing. Um, and, well, like, the first thing I said about the film was like it had a nice aesthetic and I liked the black and white the fact it was shot on film and the way the titles were and everything but equally it just there's no reason for it to be like that it's not an artsy film really it it's not like that was part of the reason like he was trying to convey this message through that medium or whatever like it just felt like um, he just did that for the hell of it and the, it's really hard to criticise this film because I, I don't know what's like I don't know how to sort of start because a lot of the stuff Malcolm says in the film I don't know if that's genuinely what the director wanted for this film or whether he was trying to portray a caricature of something like bad because if if you take it at face value and malcolm is a mouthpiece for the director then we shouldn't be focusing on the meaning behind stuff we should just focus we should just like take the fact that it's in black and white because it's he wanted to have it in black and white but equally Malcolm's just such a terrible character. It seems a bit counterintuitive that you'd portray your genuine beliefs through him. And it's like And are we are we meant to be uh having our own interpretation of this? Or are we completely missing his point? Or does he even have a point? It's like where do you even start with this? Yeah.
2: Basically, okay, so I think the black and white it's just because it looks cool. And yeah. you're allowed to just have something that looks cool. Or it, you could, you know, you could say, like, oh, it's black and white, Malcolm and Marie, boom, two people there. Easy interpretation, done. But it's but like, I well, think I think a lot of it what could he's be something to, to say... do
0: with... wait, I think the black and no. white is is could also be interpreted as... it's all The film's all kind of stripped back and minimalistic, almost. So it's like, hmm. Partly, obviously, because it was filmed during the pandemic, so there's only two actors... I think, a relatively small crew. So I guess that kind of just adds to that simplicity of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. and maybe you could and read into it and that... say it's because they only see things in black and white. Mm.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> but I also want to say, like, I disagree that it isn't an artsy film because you don't often get, like, just two characters having a real-time conversation. I think that is fairly artsy in terms of not in the mainstream.
1: I um, guess so, but um, it's not... I I don't really know how to word what I'm trying to say. Um
0: yeah, I agree with you. but yeah, it's
1: yeah. I I don't feel it's um because art usually art usually um I I I'm just not going to say anything because I can't word my point, <laughs> right? I
2: I'll I'll talk about more stuff we'll, Oh, actually, know, I'll just quickly say
1: um so it's also really hard to um, critique the film because a lot of the stuff mentioned in the the fictional film that uh, Malcolm directed is sort of mirrored in the actual Malcolm and Marie film. So, for example, there's a bit where Marie is talking to Malcolm and she's saying, "There's this scene in the film that's." Um, I thought was the best on paper but the worst on screen because you had to go and show some nudity and you had to have the woman's breasts out and it's like Um and she was going on like, well maybe that was not really relevant, like but it would have been fine without and he was arguing that that's just because that was what he wanted to do. And then like the whole of like the whole the second half of this film is just like Marie in like her underwear and like, uh, with nipples showing. Tom, I don't know if you saw them. (laughs) It's like, um, and there's a lot of like rather sensual shots and stuff, and it's like that kind of mirrors it. Was that really necessary for what the director wanted to do? Like, I I think
2: that a lot of the film is actually rather than having a message because it literally. I guess it's messages that movies don't have or always have to have messages but I felt like it was more supposed to just be this presentation of two characters and as a thing of what you'd get out of film is kind of understanding people and relationships more about kind of developing uh, empathy and it's just a look at this dynamic so I think you could be right and say like all the central shots and stuff might be a bit much but I think it was partly just to kind of show how the relationship was for them but I also get what you're saying so I feel like I'm yeah, getting
0: under- trapped in I a circle understand of... that, but like I feel like the arguing against the political nature of films and the way that uh they try and people try and turn what's meant to be kind of a more of a fluid and subjective art form into something uh Academic and uh, something to be analysed, but but at the same time, there's so many things that are brought up in this film, whether it be relating to the film within the film, to do with like drug use and things like that, or whether it to be with uh things within Malcolm and Marie the the film. Uh, because there's stuff about kind of gender and femininity, a a bit of that stuff. There's a bit about race, and I, I feel like. I can understand that it's meant to just be offering the perspective of these of this relationship, these two characters. But why include all that stuff if you don't, if you're not trying to have your own message or yeah, because kind of open it up for discussion.
1: Even if you read it at a surface level, um, and that this film is just trying to promote the fact that films don't need to have a message, that in itself is a message. So, it's. I don't think it's as simple as just this film is about two characters because, yeah, undoubtedly that is the centre of the story and that's the reason why um, a lot of the cinematography is just focused around like um, creating space and distance between the characters and moving around this like large home and everything, but it's... The, the film is clearly trying to say something um even if that something is just nothing and if that something's nothing, there's a lot of just noise, um, with like all of the other points that Malcolm brings up that like kind of clouds that and it's I don't know. I I, I feel like I'm getting trapped in a sort of hole of I'm trying to analyse it and maybe it shouldn't <laughs> be analyzed. No, but... I know
2: what you mean where I think that Sam Levinson made this, and it's quite like a self-indulgent film. It was like he just wanted to vent, so a lot of the things brought up aren't really explored. He just wants to shout them, hence the character's actually just shouting them. Yeah. Um, And it kind of comes across as like he's trying to say something with his film, but also he's annoyed that people interpret stuff from it, which is kind of uh, counterintuitive.
1: Well, it goes um, back to yeah, and it goes back to that like Tarkovsky quote where it's if a thousand different people see the same movie, that's a thousand different movies. Everyone is yeah. inherently going to have their own interpretation of the movie because it kind of you'll naturally relate it to your own experiences and your own life, and everyone's going to have a slightly different, for example, political leaning. So, um, you might. Uh, see some political stuff in there that might or might not have need, been intended to be there, but people are going to be seeing that regardless.
0: Yeah, and that's, I think there's a weird dichotomy that he creates between the fact that you have Malcolm, who's really passionately arguing against the politicising the films, uh, but at the same time he's presented as a very irrational character, and you have Marie kind of offering the other side of that, saying that um, you this is how you to reacting to a good review. You've got to sort of appreciate what they're saying because there is genuinely, uh, you know, he might think that it's not necessarily his intention, but you can't say that somebody else's perspective is wrong and you can't say that the way that they interpret the film just because it differs from the way you made it means that, that that kind of makes their perception invalid. Uh, so I, I feel like, I don't know, it feels, as I was saying before, it just feels like every everything in this film has two sides, which I guess is kind of to its credit because it leaves it a bit ambiguous, but at the same time I'm not really sure whether his intention was for people to Having be having detailed discussions about it, or just accepting it for what it was.
1: Yeah, and I just uh, just another thought just came to my mind and I don't. I really doubt it. This this is the case, but it would be kind of funny if it was, if Sam Levinson just like did all of this sort of meta stuff, um, that also relates to the movie itself, just to kind of mess with people. (laughs) See. Yeah. Like. (laughs) make everyone get into a mental sort of logical loop like I'm in about when should I analyse this. Um... I
0: guess so. I mean, this hasn't been... The film itself hasn't been getting great critics' reviews, so maybe we'll make another film about the bad reviews about this and then explain that in that. (laughs) (laughs) Which could be the endless cycle of (laughs) Sam Levinson ranting on about stuff.
1: It's Uh, And I... It's getting, like, okay, it's getting average reviews. It's sort of like, I think it was a 6.7 on IMDb, which is, like, just above, like, what's supposed to be average. It's it's okay, it's decent, but it's not great. And I feel like it would be a lot more... Because I'll say this, but... um. Inherently, if you did this, it would make it a sort of different movie. If you cut out a lot of the sort of um, weird uh, mixed messaging that Malcolm's trying to uh, say, if you cut a lot of that out and made it more about the characters, I feel like that would be a bit more engaging and... um, I don't know if it'd make it a better movie, but I don't think at the very at the very least, the um the weight of all this these sort of logical paradoxes doesn't help the movie. You know, um, because like I don't know if you want to talk about this now or if we wanna keep talking about the the messaging, but like the pacing of the movie is I thought it was okay at the very start, but it seems kinda of drawn out, like you were watching it at not point like five times speed. Like you can see how the story like the proportions of the story, the ratio of like intro, first argument, second argument, uh and whatever, the ratio seems about right, but it's just it seems like there's a lot of just it just, just felt like it was progressing too slowly and like by the very end, I was just a bit... I was zoned out and a bit annoyed, so I was just like, oh, is this going to be over? Can you just yeah. make up or, like, well, I think... leave each other?
2: <laughs> I think it, the problem is that it kind of has the pacing of, like, each argument right, but it's just really pr- repetitive.
1: Yeah. So yeah.
2: it seems to be in three acts where each... The end of each act is signified by uh, the uh, kissing making and making up. up scene. <laughs> Because I ch- I checked every time and it was literally like 35 minutes, 35 minutes, 35 minutes.
1: You could um, just cut out one of the arguments then.
2: Yeah, well, I don't know if you could because of the way that they all lead on to each other. I basically just think that it should have been more condensed and maybe like a 45 minute short film or something. Because yeah. when I saw that the film was an hour and 45, I was like, that's actually fairly long for what I know this is I know uh, yeah something... I feel
0: like the the pacing in the individual sections might not have had that many issues, but when you look at it aggregately, I feel like nothing actually really progressed. I feel like the where obviously you had a lot of revelations, both in terms of the the messages that we've discussed and then also the the more personal side of it with the relationship, but i I can't really tell. I think it's deliberately ambiguous at the end what kind of happens when they walk outside, but I didn't really feel like much had progressed in terms of comparing the end and the start, and I feel like that was just because all of the arguments, those three main core discussions that they have, are resolved, and then the tension builds back up and then resolved, and then it just means that you don't really know where you're finishing at the end of the film. It feels like...
1: It felt like you, when you're in a real argument with someone, and I don't, I mean, this will happen to everyone, but I think it happens to me a bit faster. I'll just get really tired and there'll be a point where I'm just like, it's not worth arguing anymore because we're just repeating the same points over and over. And it it just felt like it did that. And by the end, um, nothing really new was happening. And... Uh, they were just recycling points, and so with that sort of annoyance and the fact that you've been going for like an hour and a half in the film, um, just set in one room arguing, you really want some sort of satisfying conclusion to like put a close to it. It's like, you know, there are a few ways you can go about that. Like either um, Malcolm, like like actually apologizes and realizes that he can't do anything without Marie and um, they make up or she walks out and he's like assessing his life choices or even just like by the end of it, like even if they just went to sleep a bit like quicker without arguing as much, it was just and then at the very end, you just still had that sort of unresolved tension I don't know I feel like maybe the ambiguous ending could have worked if it was a 45 minute film but by the end of it you were just like the more time spent arguing the more satisfying a
0: conclusion you're kind of wanting sort of wrap it up yeah. I mean to be fair the only counterpoint I'd have to the the issues with the pacing and the, the fact that it was kind of drawn out a lot was that, um, whereas Malcolm's p- character, you kind of felt like he was he didn't really have much change throughout the film, he was kind of quite stagnant and he, um, was uh always presented as quite rational, whereas Marie, she uh kind of reserved her. Motives a bit more, so you didn't really right at the start you see uh it she's it's clearly something wrong, but it doesn't and then she brings up that she's infuriated that he she wasn't thanked in the speech, but then you later learn that uh that's because uh a lot of the plot was based on her own past, and then later she brings up the fact that she wasn't cast, and that there's kind of a bit of a question about that because. You know, she gives that. Um, well, you can't really tell at the time whether it's real, but then they later reveal that she was that—that was meant to just be a performance. And he's kind of yeah. asking, "Why didn't you do that in the audition?" Uh, and I, f- I feel like you start you learn more about Marie's character as it goes lo- along, and I did like her character a lot more than Malcolm's because I feel like not really, not much really changed. But um, I guess that comes back to that issue that uh when you look at it as a whole there's not really that much of a difference between the beginning and end
1: i feel like marie became a bit more humble by the end of the film um like in i don't know humble's the wrong word because she became more indignant that she wasn't cast but like at the very start um she was obviously like being a bit sour and not telling him what was wrong but by the end she'd completely just laid everything on the table every single issue which she had with him and clearly explained it and he was clearly understanding it whereas Malcolm kind of just I feel like Malcolm just kind of pointed out individual things that were wrong with her and then proceeded to sort of say that um, they were like he was kind of didn't need her and she was like for like, for example, when the, like that bath scene, um, when he, when he, um, was talking about his ex girlfriends, like he he definitely took it too far, and Marie kind of. I feel like Marie wanted to him to understand, and he wanted to win. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, because I think also something that I thought about as it was going along it's sort of he left a question why is she staying in this relationship uh there's a i guess there's the interpretation that that he brings up about the fact that well they kind of rely on each other you know she has that speech near the end where she's saying all the different reasons that he should have shown his gratitude to her uh both professionally and personally but also um you know, uh, she was quite reliant on him when she was going through her problems with like relapses and uh, trying to recover from a, a drug addiction. But then you also have the idea that she's kind of been manipulated and gaslighted to an extent by Malcolm because he's yeah. kind of trying to reduce the significance of the points that she's bringing up. And he's always, as you were saying, he's trying to win the argument where she's... Well, I wouldn't really say she's trying to resolve it fully because, you know, she's the one that kind of instigates it, but... um, She wants to be heard. She wants, like, she wants to be understood. Yeah. So I kind of like that aspect of it, but I just don't think as a whole it works particularly well.
1: Yeah, it's like that scene um, after she'd put on the little performance about her relapsing. Um, and he says, why didn't you do that in the audition? And the argument just a couple minutes before was along the lines of like, he fought for everything. He fought to get the movie made at the production company. He fought to get the right actresses. He fought to um, like make his own creative decisions, but he didn't fight to get her in the film. And it's, you you kind of get the impression that, like, if someone is just, like, is just clean off drugs, is still in, like, rehab, like, they're not going to be in the best frame of mind to sort of make decisions like that. If If he thought that she was going to be good in the film, then I feel like he should have been fighting for her to get the audition, like, telling her, no, you should audition for this, and not, and I don't... I didn't leave the film understanding why he didn't, but there was clearly a reason, and yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I think
2: Marie's motivations were just a lot clearer, and also just kind of... What was it? They seemed a lot more nice, because at the end she's just like, I just want... You know, that she's trying to be like his best partner he's ever had, and that she just wants to be like loved by him. It seems a lot more genuine and understandable motives, whereas you just have no idea for Malcolm, so I I felt like Marie was definitely just the better character. Yeah. But I'm surprised we've not actually talked about the performances yet, or not that I remember. Yeah. Uh, But I guess the only thing there is to say is that good, very good.
1: They yeah. were they were good with what they were well given.
2: William Zendaya and John David Washington.
1: They were Round of applause. yeah. It yeah it was they they did a particular style where it was um it was undoubtedly amazing acting um but as Ollie kind of said earlier in the in the episode like it's not necessarily realistic um.
2: It's more like stage show. Yeah, the whole it... thing felt like it should have been a stage show. But... Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um...
2: You know, I get that there's nothing. Weren't any films coming out, so it was good to make one. Because I think this was the first film that was fully produced within like the lockdown. Yeah, and following guidelines and everything. There were only ever like twelve people on set. They still had a chef though. I noticed gotta
0: have the chef <laughs> yeah i definitely feel like that, that in a weird way those kind of circumstances enabled this film to be possible because it's not if you had access to more then you'd probably use those resources whereas if you're just restricted to literally the bare minimum with in terms of actors and set and everything and i guess that to a degree limits the story but I do think it allows for more interesting choices to be made, uh, which is especially evident in the acting and the kind of the cinematography and the choices that the director made. But, uh, yeah, I, I do feel like the characters themselves... I don't know. I, I feel like this, as you were saying about comparing it to a, a stage play, it was... um. I think it works well in kind of isolation, but I don't really know what would happen after this. Like, I don't really know what it sets up for the future of these characters, and I don't really want to know, to be honest. I feel like this uh, argument in itself was quite engaging. and It was, like, quite a good insight into these characters' lives, but I don't think it really left a lot of options open for the future because it didn't really set anything up.
1: Yeah. Frequently asked questions for Malcolm and Marie. Will there be a sequel?
2: (laughs) No, probably not. There shouldn't be. Yeah. But um, yeah, they, you know, there's there's a thing of like uh, restrictions. Uh, what's it called? Restrictions breed creativity. Something like that. Limitations. I don't know. Everyone's always like, give yourself restricted options, then you'll do cool stuff.
1: Yeah. I mean. I, I, did, say, I did. I right? did say earlier in the episode that it didn't like serve as the story, but I will give credit where credit's due. The film looked really, really pretty. It was the. I love the fact it was on film. The black and white was, uh, very striking. A lot of the mm. shots were, um, sort of reminiscent of like um, the that haunting of Hill House episode, like episode six, where it would just sort of follow them around, um for extended periods of time there weren't like a load of unnecessary cuts uh, it would only do it when it kind of serviced the, the dialogue um, I love the, the setting, it was in like a house and I, I like the fact that when they when they'd kind of finished um, arguing it would always like give them physical space and the as this, they started arguing again, it would like uh, make the space smaller, and they get quite close to each other again. I don't. I really like that. Um,
0: yeah, because a lot of the yeah, a lot of the stuff whilst they were arguing was very claustrophobic. Whereas when you had, you know, before they start arguing, there's obviously that distance between them. When he's well, when they've just started, and he's eating the mac and cheese, and she's gone to the bathroom or something and then when she it was a bit random the the bit where she walks outside. I feel like that the <laughs> yeah. first time when she goes to that tree, I felt like that dragged on a bit too long. It felt a bit unnecessary but yeah, I guess con- it is that was when uh, they weren't yeah. arguing and there was kind of that distance again.
1: Yeah, the concept was nice. Like the the house seemed to suddenly get a lot bigger because um he couldn't find her and it was more like sort of where have you gone? I've I've lost you, and it's also metaphorically because I'm a bad person, you know. But um, yeah, that definitely did drag. Also, I'll just briefly say the music. Um, I didn't notice much of a sound like a score, but um, the soundtrack. I mean, the songs are obviously bops, but um, I I I think it was used really well because. Do you remember? So it must have been after the first argument when he like puts on like this uh this soul song, and it's along the lines of something like uh I'm sorry I've been bad, and uh, <laughs> it was the exact lyric. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it I kind of noticed it a bit more because I watched with subtitles and it had the lyrics on screen, and it just I really liked that because it kind of highlights how much of a sort of. Shallow or, or, shall we say, inauthentic character, Malcolm is because Marie
2: if... then does it later though. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: but <laughs> you know, I I I like that first bit the most. I feel like the second bit she was just kind of, um, using his own tactic back at him to show how shallow he was. I don't think that was serious. The second time, hmm. I, I yeah. just liked it. It's like if I play if I play my girlfriend who is mad at me a song that's uh about being sorry then uh
0: then all will be forgiven.
1: Alexa, play Justin Bieber, Sorry.
0: Because I feel I know that you were very early on in the episode you made the comparison to Marriage Story, but I also think. Some aspects of this in a weird way kind of reminded me of when we did Adaptation, because as you are saying with the music, it feels like the director, I don't know if this was his intention, but with when Charlie Kaufman and that was trying to kind of play up these tropes of Hollywood, but at the same time kind of more subtly subvert them by kind of making fun of them, I feel like that was one of the things that he was able to do with the music, because as you were saying, these... I, I, I'm not sure whether that's meant to be more of a um, you're, going, you're meant to have more of an understanding of the characters through that or if it's meant to be more of an artistic kind of di- directorial choice I'm not too sure yeah uh, okay surprisingly we've got to
1: 42 minutes so unless it's how dare we how dare does we? anyone have anything else to kind of say I Feel like
0: uh, I'll just say if you, uh, there's a video on YouTube by Carsten Runquist that, uh, really goes on about how much he hates this film, so <laughs> if you haven't had enough of that in this episode, then you can go and watch that.
1: Yeah, this has been quite an intense episode, actually. I feel like this is the most debates we've had on a podcast episode. Yeah, we
0: are yeah.
2: arguing exactly like Mark.
0: Oh, we just need a bit of shouting, (laughs) though. You are, Uh... you are intolerable,
1: both of you. Even Ollie, who's mainly agreed with my points. (laughs) (laughs) Thank Uh, you.
2: This this whole time, I I saw Sam Levinson in a heart-shaped bathtub. I've got pictures.
0: Yeah, oh, I, I will say the, the tone of this one. Like, if you uh, if you read the description of the episode, you'll see that Ben cried for two hours after watching this because it was clearly a direct criticism on us as uh, professional the professional critics that we are.
1: I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, it actually says that. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, I'll squeeze one last thing in before we go to ratings. The uh, the film's tone is obviously mainly just kind of uh about the arguments and stuff but there were moments that i found funny and i did laugh at like yes, um the same. the bit where he was he's malcolm's ranting for like 6 minutes straight on about like the the old white woman's positive review of him um like that kind of got hilarious by the end and the like the profanities he was using and and then also um Marie's reaction to the heart shaped bathtub. <laughs> that was that was kind of funny. It was humorous. Yeah. Laugh. Humorous.
0: Cause yeah, I feel like although the tones had the tone had some issues, I feel like that was kinda necessary to relieve a lot of the tension that was created. Uh, you yeah. didn't want all of it being really intense. Yeah. Well, despite the fact that most of it was but <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, rating time.
2: That's... I'm surprised
1: because I I thought
2: like I didn't like this film as much as I thought, and I thought I was going to be the lowest one but after hearing YouTube back a it <laughs> 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 for ages, and now I've got no idea I... what it's going
0: to be. I like I think this is a really difficult one because as I was saying about, it seems like the majority of the stuff we've talked about. You can kind of make an argument either way, um, but at the same time, I don't think you know. If you look at Birdemic, that we gave a five because it was uh like ten enjoyment, one quality. I don't think it's quite that severe, but I feel yeah. Like okay, so just because of some of the issues, it's not going to be like really high up.
1: Yeah, again, like everything else in the film, there's a positive and a negative. Like the positive, it was it was thought provoking. The negative is I'm getting quite annoyed stuck in this logical loop.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was thought provoking, but was the point meant to be that it wasn't meant to be yeah. thought provoking? Like
1: I'm definitely going lower than seven.
0: Um
1: give nine a six point nine. You you did? <laughs> I do <don't know> if... <laughs> I, I mean heavy metal's not really a great one to compare it with, but um
2: they're
1: exactly the same in Toad bed. What are you on about? Well, like, I, I mean, problem with Birdemic because I actually enjoyed Birdemic a bit more than this. But um, <laughs> quality-wise, this was clearly better. I'm gonna go six point two because Ooh. that's quite low. Well, given our median, um. But because, Mm. just mainly because, um, it could have been better, but it really, it just wasn't sure on what it was trying to do, and it kind of annoyed me (laughs) in the end. Um, but it's not lower because the production was great, the cinematography was great, uh, and yeah.
0: Yeah, I feel like this film had a lot of potential, but didn't necessarily fulfill a lot of it and uh but i don't know i feel like in it was an interesting concept but quite quite a frustrating film for me but at the same time that did enable a lot of discussion uh which i think might bump it up a little bit uh um but i'm thinking maybe like a 6.7
2: <laughs> This is really funny because <laughs> After all that, I'm giving it a 6.0 <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was like on the other side of YouTube I thought you were defending it, and it, and it the lowest. but
1: Yeah, no, you I, seem to be I, the I'm one that was defending it.
2: it Well, it's because there were some things that I felt needed defending. Oh, but thank I you, Tom. Thank you, Tom. It's a solid
1: 6.3. No rounding. You're welcome.
2: <laughs> it's just, it was very self-indulgent, and the script just had so many problems and, like, weird tone changes. Like, when he goes on about the review, it's like Marie suddenly forgets that she was annoyed at him, uh, and I just did really like the character of Malcolm, and A lot of things just annoyed me, but there were also, you know, the cinematography and acting kind of buffs it up. Uh, But yeah, I'm giving it a 6. Go watch Marriage Story instead.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so... We note before Tom speeds onto the recommendations, as always, we have a submission spotlight section that no one ever submits anything to. Submit something, please. It could be music, could be short film, could be some work of writing if you've done a book self published it on amazon we've done that before if you've released music we've done that before if you've got a 2 minute short horror movie you've done on youtube we've done that before send it in via the contact form on our website or entertainment of excellence dot g- at gmail.com or just dm us on social media at inter- at ev podcast on both instagram and twitter or we'll just leave a comment somewhere we're absolutely desperate we'll find it somehow we'll dedicate I a 10-minute segment we'll to you. you.
2: <laughs> we'll hunt you down.
1: We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll hunt you down and we'll steal it off you and we'll give you some constructive <laughs> yeah. criticism. Terms and conditions <laughs> apply. We'll
2: sneak into your house in the middle of the night, swipe your submission, and then you'll receive it back with about a 100 post-it notes of our insane mental scrawlings of constructive criticism. <laughs> <laughs> and it'll look terrifying, but the moment you'll read it and you'll go, oh, some good points raised there. Uh, yeah. And I've, you'll never forget it, I'll tell you that. Yee. Yeah. Um, but if you may want to change your locks afterwards. I okay, mean, uh, if, you want recommend- to,
0: if you want that burden, then uh, <laughs> try have tried contacting <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: yeah, recommendations? Who wants go to go ahead. first? Me? Yeah. Okay. Nah, actually, I actually don't want to. Mm. Nah, I will, I will, I will. Don't worry. Uh, I watched the film uh, Prisoners with Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaal because I just love Jake Gyllenhaal. He's great and he seems to like choosing to do good film. Uh, and so it follows... It follows so there's two daughters get kidnapped so and it follows the detective trying to find them and the father of one of the daughters and it kind of it looks at uh you know, what, what would you do to try and get your daughter back and kind of the way that tragedies like this can corrupt people and as well as just being like a really entertaining thriller. Uh, So it it is fairly long, it's two and a half hours, but uh, it's paced pretty well and there's lots of twists and turns where you go like, oh is this thing going to be this person and uh, oh look it's that thing, I bet that's going to turn up again. And you kind of get to piece it together as you go along. And uh, It's very entertaining, very gritty, but uh, it's definitely worth a watch. So uh, you should watch Prisoners. Do you agree, Ollie?
0: I mean, I haven't seen it, but sure. Yeah, you should watch it
2: then. Yeah. I'm watching now. it right now. Good.
0: Okay. Good? Yeah. yeah. Good. yeah.
2: <laughs> Do you have a recommendation? Me? Just yeah. Either of you?
1: I think I'm going to take the leap and give a recommendation.
2: <gasps> so
1: this one's technically been the work for like two, no, nearly three months now. Um. It's ah, it's called it time. Yeah, so uh, it's the X Files, the TV series. Never
2: heard of it. What's
1: that? <laughs> it is the uh, the TV series that has the theme song from the Illuminati memes. Oh, do 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 yeah. do do yeah. 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 So I I didn't Never want to <laughs> I I didn't really want to um do it until I'd finished it initially because you Know what if one of the later seasons is terrible and that ruins it for me? Um, but like I'm on season five now and I'm still invested in it. So, um, so the basic premise is it's just um, a show about two FBI agents uh investigating the paranormal. Um, so uh, one of them's Fox Mulder, who's um. St- Who's a, obviously believes in like UFOs and stuff, because he's much more open minded because his sister was abducted by aliens when he was younger, and um, there's his partner Dana Scully who is a lot more um rational, um and brings a sort of scientific perspective because she works as a doctor, um, and so there's sort of two things going on simultaneously. There's this overarching. Um, mythology that goes along, uh, that runs throughout the seasons, um, where it's basically they discover a sort of government plot, um, and more and more is revealed in like mythology related episodes throughout the seasons. Like, I'm on season five, and it still hasn't got like too close to exactly what's going on. So, if you've got this, this could either really intrigue you or maybe possibly annoy you because i have seen some reviews online where it's like you know they've just been teasing us for five seasons like oh what well, why haven't we got to the good bits yet and it's like yeah but you know um i know equally just sort of i guess i guess it's kind of similar to doctor who in this sense where like uh, the majority of the episodes are sort of one off monster of the week stuff um where they'll just um, investigate some stuff uh, and it won't have any lasting effect uh, those are like usually, they're like hit or miss most are hits, occasionally you'll have some like filler as with those shows but um, I, I really enjoyed it um, and like especially with those stuff those ones you can just sort of have them on in the background and like do something else um, and you'll progress through the seasons quite quickly uh, it's like it's just it's a good watch um it's written really well i think it had a bit of a, a little bit of a shaky start i think where like some of it was like very very overtly like 90s tv and uh the dialogue a bit and suffered from that but certainly by the second and third season it found its footing and kind of established itself as like the sort of pop culture uh icon it sort of come to be um so yeah so there's nine seasons of its original run there's two movies one that takes place chronologically between the fifth and sixth season i can't remember what the second one is and then recently i say recently it was 2016 and 2018 they revived it for two more series um so there's 11 series in total which is uh Quite a bit to keep you going. That that that's my recommendation for the next eleven weeks.
0: There you go. Do you have any, Ali? Uh, yeah. Good. I'm going to be recommending the Snide. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm honestly not sure if anyone's recommended this before, but uh, if you enjoy films about people. Falling out like we clearly did today. Uh, (laughs) I'm sure you'll enjoy Rush.
2: (gasps) I've seen Rush.
0: Yeah. I was very disappointed
2: that it wasn't about the band. (laughs)
0: It's so (laughs) sad. I uh... I did
2: recommend it actually. I think I watched it a while ago.
0: Uh, So basically, it's about this rivalry between two. Well, I think they originally start out in like Formula 3, but then they work their way up to formula one uh it's based on a true story with between james hunt and Nicky lauda and um it's I, I don't really have that much to say to be honest it's just really quite fast paced it's got some really cool like actual race sequences but then there's a lot of the personal stuff going on behind the scenes because if you don't know, I guess this is a spoiler, but it's something that actually happened. So, Nicky Lauda was involved in like quite a serious crash, uh, but then he bounces right back and starts racing. And the, the, I think it's the same season he carries on. Uh, so, you kind of get that resilience of Lauda, and then that's juxtaposed with Hunt, who's you know a bit more of a playboy and uh, he likes to celebrate with whereas is kind of more committed and uh, dedicated to uh, the craft. Um, So I think it's a really cool exploration of this rivalry. And uh, I think a bit that particularly stood out for me, I think it's near the end. Well, it's like the closing scene where they're kind of saying that this rivalry was necessary and that it, like it kind of brought out the best in both of them. Uh which I think is a pretty cool idea. Uh so yeah, watch a rush. It's good. It is good.
2: Good.
1: Nice. Are we well, gonna end uh, then? We are indeed going to oh. end, but before we end we're going Tell you, what we're doing next week.
2: We are doing... Nah, I don't think we will.
1: We are doing an an
0: episode. (laughs) We are. In that episode, we are doing a film.
1: We are doing a film.
0: With a title. It's a...
1: Is... Gone Girl. Gone. Question mark. Gone Girl. Yeah, it's gone. (laughs) The girl's gone. That's so sad.
2: Where? I guess we'll, we'll find out next them.
1: week. Just off for a drink. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so tune yeah. Tune in next week. Yeah. Tune in. Tune in next week to see where the girl has gone. All right. See ya. All, right, all right.
2: See you. ya. i